Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And we're here previewing Indiana's uh, next game against the Maryland Terrapins on October 15th at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN2 in Memorial Stadium uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. Indiana comes into the game 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Maryland comes into the game 4-2. Uh, and two. Um, So big game for both squads. Uh, you know, Maryland's a double-digit uh, favorite in this game. Uh, Indiana has had a bunch of changes since we last talked, TJ. I, I think, um, you know, fans have, have finally had their voice heard. Darren Hiller out after his offensive line got absolutely mauled against uh, Michigan to the tune of seven sacks. I believe 27 quarterback hits or pressures yep. uh, and, and things like that. Let's talk about that first, about how much of a difference – It'll have having Rod Carey be the offensive mm-hmm. core, uh, op, the offensive line coach, a run game coordinator, as opposed to Darren yeah. Hiller, because it seemed like that situation had become uh, super toxic. There have been fans who have reached out uh, and said that there were arguments on the sideline uh, and, and things like that during games. Obviously, being in the press box and, and uh, being in the radio booth, I can't hear it. We're so far up. Uh, but the fans down there uh, have said that uh, that was an issue. And, and it's something that IU fans and and uh, we've been clamoring all year. If that offensive line did not improve and it didn't, uh, it, it they, Tom Allen needed to make a change. Now, we would have liked the change to be made uh, before the season uh, because this was a very predictable issue. Uh, but. Yeah, it, it's been made. It's been changed, and and it's uh, time to turn the page and finish the second half of the season uh, the way it started with three wins. Right. Yeah, I think um, you look at Rod Carey, you know, decorated, uh, respected career as, as an offensive line coach. That's and he played at IU as an offensive lineman, got his start in coaching. Uh, focused on that position, has coached as a position coach, as an offensive line coach uh, before. So, you know, that transition for him, um, it's been a while. I mean, he's been a head coach um, since then. So that's going to be a bit of a transition for him to go from head coach to defensive analyst and now to uh, offensive line coach, but has been within the program, uh, has seen, you know, up close, he mentioned in his press conference that uh, he was on the defensive side of the ball, no exposure to those guys. Well, I mean, that's 
I'm not saying that that's not true, but he does have more experience than he would have coming in from, you know, the complete outside. Um, so he's going to be familiar with the, with the group of players, familiar with what they've done on practice and in game days. That's going to help that transition, but still, um, how much is realistic to expect in one short week of practice? I think that a line that um, a couple of things that stood out from Rod Carey's kind of 13-minute um, initial press conference that he had this week being introduced, he said uh, that there's there's no magic wand to be waved here. He's he's not a magician. And this is not an easy problem to fix at this point in the season. Um, but Tom Allen asked, and he's going to try. And he, he talked about just very briefly from a practice standpoint, changing the way that they practice, changing the tempo at which they practice, uh, and mentioned the sled, which for those who are not familiar, uh, that is the kind of tackling dummy sled that you see which is a universally used uh, kind of repetition techniques uh, for offensive linemen so he mentioned getting on that every day because that's how he was worked as the player and that's what he believes in as the position coach so we're going to see those things I think the easiest fix for Rod Carey is going to be the personnel that you put on the field does yep. he believe in a different five guys than Darren Hiller did We'll see. Uh, and, and if he does believe in a different five guys, who are those five guys? How much of a change is it? And what results do you see on the field? You could see some things with changes in technique, but that's going to be difficult to implement in one week. I think it's realistic to expect a slight improvement. I don't know if it's realistic to say, okay, Rod carries in, now we have a good offensive line. Uh, I, I don't think that that's realistic. It's possible. I mean, anything's possible, but I don't think you're going to see some masterclass virtuoso performance from that position group on Saturday. That being said, IU does not have to have a masterclass of an offensive line performance to be a better football team. They just need some improvement up front to improve on 2.99 yards per carry. I mean, being under three yards per carry at this point in the season is embarrassing. That's terrible. And the amount of hits that Connor Bazelak has taken is terrible. So getting improvement on that very low bar, that's, I think, should be expected. It should be. And I'm not saying that Rod Carey is a magician. He is not. But I think that that position group needs to show some improvements, and I think they will. The question as we turn to the Maryland game, is that going to be enough to turn the tide in what is currently a minus 10 and a half, uh, you know, spread? So those in Vegas believe Maryland is the better team by, you know, probably I'd say about 13 points give IU a couple points for being at home and you get the 10 and a half point spread. Uh, that's, that's a pretty big difference. And I, I don't think that a minor switch in play of the offensive line is enough to 
to turn that around. So there's going to be several things that IU's got to do better at on Saturday to get that victory. And you're right. It's a huge game because this is a contest that I think is going to continue to be the case. When you're in the Big Ten East, you've got those monsters at the top of the division. It's these matchup games, which we've talked about time and time again, that both programs look across on the other side and say, this is one we've got to get. Yeah, and it's you're right. He's Rod Carey's not going to wave a magic wand and fix everything. Uh, to me, that press conference right. was uh, under promise, hopefully over deliver uh, in that, um, sure. you know, it, it's not like this group is untalented. Um, well, there are players who have struggled uh, and guys who are more talented or less talented than others. But guys like Josh yeah. Sales, Khalil Benson, uh, DJ Moore, um, Vinny Fia Cable, and some of these other young guys who really haven't gotten a shot yet, um, you know, or sustained shot at, at playing are, um, you know, that they were high, highly recruited guys with power five offers and um, they just haven't panned out. And if it, you know, it'd be understandable if one or two guys didn't pan out. The entire group not panning out points to something bigger in in the development process and in the coaching and things like that. And um, yeah, one week, you, you might not see a, a huge difference in, uh, in, in some things, but you, you work technique during practice too. You, you work the, the scheme as well uh, and, and things like that, the communication part of it, um, you know, and, and a, the knock on Darren Hiller's offensive line was they were not physical enough, um, in, in my opinion. And maybe Rod Carey comes in and, he's you know, he mentioned hitting the sled every day and being physical. And you saw it during warm-ups and games where I use their, you know, Ohio State's guys are bashing heads together and, you know, it, it looks like a full-on scrimmage sometimes during their warm-ups. And Indiana is is doing shadow boxing um, and, and things like that. So it, maybe it's a philosophy change there to, to to make them, you know, more physical, a little bit more aggressive and things like that. Um, now they're still young. Like Khalil Benson got bull rushed and blown up um, on one play. That's going to happen to young guys. It's when when a, an elite pass rusher or a big 300 pound defensive lineman puts all his might into it. Yeah. Every so often you're going to get blown up, um, but it happened way too often uh, under Darren Hiller. And it seemed like th that whole room was toxic and, and things like that. So maybe just the attitude change, the accountability, um, you know, all the players said they, they loved and, and cared for, uh, coach Hiller and and things like that and you know wished him the best but at the same time there's accountability of oh we've got to get our stuff together too or another guy's going to lose his job uh, and and things like that so while it might not be the magic wand uh, especially in in the middle of a season at least until you get to that bye week when you could actually you know count, kind of catch your breath look at the position um and work on some of those fundamentals uh, a little bit in more detail. Uh, it, it's going to be just an attitude change. And how does that attitude change uh, to look on the field? I think, I hope 
that they have an inspired performance against Maryland because this is a gettable game. Um, you know, Indiana and Maryland, since Maryland joined the Big Ten outside of 2014, this game had, and 2015, this game has been a one-score game. Um, you know, either in Bloomington or in College Park, this game has been close. They've played some really, really, you know, funky games, uh, some high-scoring games, some fun games if you're a college football fan as well. So it's IU needs to do that, and that was the unit that's holding this team back. And you talk about Connor Bazelak not completing passes and, and kind of looking gun-shy in the pocket. He has taken a pounding, and all credit to him for his toughness. But at some point, that pounding is is going to show, and it kind of has in him throwing the ball away a little bit early, throwing off his back foot yep. and being a little bit inaccurate. Uh, and, and things like that. So hopefully with the new – and Connor's not going to throw his offensive line under the bus, but hopefully with the new O-line coach and some philosophy changes and some changes in technique that the quarterback can have some, some time to throw, work the ball downfield, and, you know, run Walt Bell's offense. I know a lot of people are complaining about the the tempo – and that IU goes too fast, and IU's been shut out in the second half of the last two games and things like that. But tempo was working in the first half. Michigan was gassed. Um, you had IU players on the field telling, telling us after the game, you know, their players were over there, hands on their knees, complaining that it were, it were tired, they couldn't communicate, couldn't get their calls in. So that's the advantage of running a tempo. The disadvantage is, if you take a sack on first down, your drive's over probably. Um, and, and more times than not, and that's what happened in the second half. All that short, the short passing game got taken away. And if you're not going to be able to run the ball, um, that's what you get. Zero points, 29 yards, negative 12 yards in the fourth quarter. That's the result of bad offensive line play uh, in, in the second half against, albeit a very good defense. TJ, let's look at Maryland. Uh, real quickly, they're four and two coming in. Uh, they lost a heartbreaker to Purdue uh, in the last second. They had a chance to tie it up with a two point conversion. They did. They were called for a penalty, got called back, and then they missed it. Just tell us a little bit about Indiana's next opponent. You're right, four and two. Uh, the other loss that they had was to Michigan. Uh, they, much like Indiana, they they battled the Wolverines. Uh, pretty tough. They were able to sustain that fight for longer. Uh, were able to, to score late to make that game a little closer than it really was, but um, still a, a pretty good performance uh, by the Terrapins against Michigan. Uh, they did have three turnovers, and then really uh, the Purdue game, they, they are going to be kicking themselves about that one for a while. Uh, a lot of penalties for them in that game, a lot of costly penalties uh, late in the contest that, that allowed Purdue to uh, to get out of College Park with a really good win for them. Um, you're, you're really starting with Talia Tagavailoa, uh, younger brother of Tua Tagavailoa, really having a good season uh, and a good career. Um, I was unsure about him when I first saw him play. He has progressed very well. Decision-making has improved quite a bit. He's currently completing a, almost 75% of his passes. Uh, and that's that's on a pretty healthy yards per attempt as well. 
Um, this Maryland offense is actually the highest yards per play offense that IU will have played so far this year. They're uh, better yards per play, which is a good metric to kind of measure an offense just because it takes out that tempo element. And Maryland's at 6.99 yards per play. Uh, one of the tops in the Big Ten, a really good balanced attack. Roman Hemby has given them a nice spark at running back. He's a freshman, uh, looks like a really good player uh, as, as a young guy. Good group of receivers, the veteran group, uh, Copeland, Rakeem Jarrett, Jayshon Jones, all veteran guys, juniors and seniors that are um, a talented group. And last week it was a tight end, uh, which we have not seen Maryland utilize really under Mike Loxley tight end that had a huge day with a pair of touchdowns for them and is now their leading wideout or leading pass catcher, I should say. But uh, really, it's kind, of, it's kind of five targets that they have. They got the tight end, they got Jones, they got Copeland, Rakeem Jarrett, who I, I continue to think is their most dangerous weapon. And then Roman Hemby uh, does a pretty good job catching passes out of the backfield in addition to his rushing duties. Defensively, they're all right. Uh, the numbers look pretty good for them, but if you look at what they've done against good offenses, or at least offenses with you know pulses, you're looking at Purdue, SMU, Michigan. They were able to throw on Maryland pretty well. Um, Michigan was able to run it really well against Maryland. Corum had a huge day against the Terrapins. Um, I I I don't. I think that this is a good first game for kind of this new offensive line or what IU hopes is a new era offensive line. Maryland, not particularly great at rushing the passer. They will get some pressure. Uh, they are pretty good at generating plays in the opposing backfield tackles for losses. Um, they've got a freshman linebacker that is on his way to a freshman All-American campaign, probably their best overall defender so far this season. His name escapes me at the time, but um, you'll know him when you see him on Saturday. He's he's guy that they get into the backfield quite a bit. Actually, Jay I think Sean he's very Barham. similar. Barham, yeah. Uh, he's very similar to uh, Desan McCullough in terms of how he looks on the field. And I wish that Indiana would utilize McCullough as much as Maryland does Barham. They really let him get after it, just turn him loose to go make plays in the backfield which is kind of similar to what IU does. I'd just like to see more of it from the Hoosiers. Um, and I'll, I'll transition to, I think both of us, key number one is going to be what we see out of the offensive line, but um, it's such a hope, but also a mystery. We don't know. Uh, nobody knows, including Rod Carey and probably those offensive linemen as well. And Tom Allen, you know, we're going to find out. But um, outside of that, my key is going to be, Indiana's secondary, which we talked a lot all offseason about how good this group could be. Well, we haven't seen it. We have not seen it. They have underperformed. Uh, I'm not going to say they've been terrible. I will say that they have underperformed. I know they're without Jalen Williams. That hurts. But that group has to step up against this Maryland passing attack. I think IU has to bring pressure bring blitzes, be aggressive against Tagovailoa because if you let him sit back in that pocket, they will pick apart IU secondary. And that is not a knock against IU secondary. I don't think they've played well this year. They have to do better. But any 
good quarterback and good offense like Maryland has in Tagovailoa and this group of receivers, if you let Tagovailoa just sit back there, it's not going to be a good afternoon for IU's defense. I think they yeah. absolutely have to consistently bring pressure and be aggressive. We haven't seen that enough, and that has to change on Saturday. They've got to get after Tagovailoa. I, I agree about that, and that was kind of what Maryland did to IU last year was they just yep. – the, the receivers ran wild. It was a game where uh, Tywin Mullen probably shouldn't have been on the field. He could not run uh, or change right. direction and, and got abused. Uh, in in that game, I think uh, uh, Tua threw for like 452 yards or something like that. Uh, it was a game that IU probably should have won last year, um, but didn't, um, and, and things like that. But this is this is a, a more of a matchup opponent than than Michigan has, uh, and you we'd feel a lot better had Indiana beaten Nebraska. Uh, but at home, uh, at home, this is a game that Indiana, you're right, that secondary needs to play their best game. And, it, you know, while they've had their busts against Nebraska um, and a little bit, of, it seems like after the Cincinnati game, they, they're getting a little bit more consistent and, and things like that. They, they had the interception against Nebraska, interception against Maryland, or not Maryland, uh, Michigan. So maybe yeah, they're starting nice to turn the yeah. corner. I thought Chris Keys played very well in Jalen Williams' absence. Um, we'll see. They'll be out without Cam Jones again. Uh, it, it looks like Jalen Williams is probably going to be a week to week game time decision um, on the on the defense. But you know, I, I was fine with Chris Keys out there. They're playing. He made a, a several nice plays and, and things like that. And he. He's got to start underneath his belt. Um, so, you know, he could go out uh, and get there. But this is a game IU needs to ride their their starters in the secondary uh, to make sure that Maryland's wide receivers don't go crazy. Uh, TJ, to me, let's move over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah. There are some guys who need to get healthy. TJ Matthews, um, he's going to be a game-time decision with a the hamstring. They need A.J. Barner back. Uh, because their depth at tight end with James Bomba out and Barner out uh, is just not good. Um, you know, Aaron Steinfeld can be a heck of a receiver, but he struggles in the blocking game. And then behind Steinfeld, you really don't have much other than Trey Walker uh, and Ryan Barnes, who who have been with the program for a while, um, who could block a little bit, but don't really give you much in the passing game. Uh, this is a game I think A.J. Barner needs to come back. Uh, if he's healthy, we don't know what the injury is. Uh, but if he mm-hmm. can come back healthy and um, and, and provide – he doesn't have to go all Peyton Hendershot uh, over Maryland like last year where Hendershot was over 110 yards. But if he could um, just be in the game, provide some, some good pass protection, provide a, an easy target for Connor Basilek, uh, to hit, that'll be enough. Uh, and then again, having another uh, speedster like DJ Matthews out out there as well. Yep. Um, and then hopefully they get the ball to Jalen Lucas a little bit more. Uh, and, and that's, I think, as the run game coordinator, I wonder if Rod Carey has any say in the running back rotation. 
uh, and whether or not we see changes there. Uh, because, you know, there, there's a role for Sean Shivers on this team. I, I just don't know if he, it's the bell cow role. Uh, Josh Henderson has looked a, a lot more decisive uh, in running the ball. Um, he gives you – he's been a very good receiver uh, in the past game, and you could play both um, in the backfield. You saw that with Jalen Lucas and Josh Henderson last week. So maybe they tweak that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's nice getting Camp Camper back. He hopefully, after coming off his illness, has his sea legs under him again and, and can give you more. Uh, but Michigan did a very good job of taking him away in the second half. Uh, and, and then, um, you know, just I, I think DJ Matthews is, is the most important player on, on offense right now coming back. Uh, he allows he gives he gives a team another person to watch for uh, and things like that. So, I mean, key to the game on offense is health. I, I mean, that's one of them uh, for me. But, um, you know, to me, it, it's give Connor Bazelak and the offense the time uh, to, to yep. work it. Um, Michigan or Maryland is giving up, I think, 24, 24 points per game. They're not, you know, a shutdown defense. They, they've played, like you said, every good offense that they played, they let up points. So they're, they're letting up 22.7 points uh, per game. Uh, you know, 3.49 yards per rush. They're giving up, uh, uh, you know, a, a passer rating of 125 and, and things like that. They've given up, you know, about – yeah, they only picked the ball off three times and, and things like that. So Indiana's offense, if they could protect Connor Bazelak, should have a, a decent enough day uh, to be in the game and, and potentially win it. Uh, what are your keys on offense? I think health's a big one. You're right. DJ Matthews is uh, vital because he gives that second weapon. And you, you could say the same about Barner as a third weapon. Without either of those guys out there, teams can really shadow everything to Cam Camper and then just dare other players to beat them. And so far, Indiana hasn't found those guys, uh, which is understandable. I mean, look, if you're if you're without two of your top three guys on offense, plus you have a porous offensive line, yeah, you're going to have a hard time on offense. Um, I, I think what I would really like to see uh, is is more accuracy from Basilak, and it's hard to say how much of that is on him, um, given how little time he has in the pocket and how rarely he has a clean pocket to throw from where he doesn't have to move off his spot. Um, but even when he does have that rare clean pocket, he's still not been accurate enough. That's got him through um, – you have to give your receivers chances to make plays. Um, the the main key for me, though, and what I continue to hope to have is production, a consistent – it doesn't have to be a running game. Uh, I thought that we saw some good things in the first half with those kind of quick-passing tunnel screens or bubble screens. Uh, you know, you put Jalen Lucas out there. You put Henderson out there. Um, camper sometimes, you know, McCauley, uh, get 
get those guys the ball on the outside. That's an extended running game. We saw Kevin Wilson's IU offense has used that a lot as well. Uh, A lot of teams around the country do. It's not unique, but it is hard to defend uh, because you have to get so tight on coverage and college corners aren't comfortable doing that typically. Maryland's corners won't be either. That's an extended running game. They're low-risk passes for the most part as long as you're not throwing them backwards. Uh, So I I would want to see more of that. I want to see more multi-back sets. You mentioned it, Henderson with Lucas. Henderson with Shivers, I think that makes sense. Uh, but but I'm looking for more production on kind of those layups, those easy plays that's going to build confidence for this offense, keep you on schedule. Uh, and, and I guess the key for me is going to be stay out of third and long uh, because far too often this season, IU is finding themselves in third and long, and often that's because of negative plays. Uh, getting blown up in the backfield on rushes, getting sacked or penalties, and the offense does not have the capability to get themselves out of those holes very often. Uh, so staying on schedule on offense, staying out of those third and longs, um, and then red zone success. Anytime you're in a matchup game or a game where you've, you know, you're playing a pretty evenly matched opponent or as an underdog, you've got to take advantage of your red zone opportunities We saw Indiana blow some chances in the first half, and some would argue, including myself, have points taken off the board by the officials. But uh, when you're in the red zone, you've got to take advantage of those chances for seven. It's a consistent theme on this podcast because it continues to be a problem. Uh, The Hoosiers have got to cash in when they get those opportunities. Uh, So that's kind of a long-winded answer of saying, uh, yes, health is important, but the guys that are on the field, uh, they've got to cash in on chances when they're in the red zone and keep on schedule on offense to stay at a third and long because IU is not going to consistently pick those up. And when you give the ball back to this Maryland offense, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, that, it's exactly right. That was going to be my key to the game is to, to stay on schedule on offense uh, because once you get into a third and long, so third and five and more, um, yep. it allows the defense to, to pin their ears back, take advantage of a, of a mismatch on the offensive line and, and send the heat, uh, for, for me, my key of the game is take care of the ball. It goes right along the side with stay in, in manageable plays and, um, and the red zone efficiency turnovers. You cannot give Maryland extra possessions, uh, because their offense is too good to give them expert extra possessions to go down the field and score. You want your drives to end with kicks, whether it's a punt, a field goal, or an extra point. That's how you want your drives to end. You don't want it to drive. You don't want it to end on a fumble, an interception, you know, a non-converted fourth down uh, to, to give them poor, uh, you know, good field position. It has to end in kicks and those kicks that's the special teams for IU needs. They did. All right, last week, James Evans was fantastic. Again, he's, he's become a real weapon, but you had a field goal blocked. Um, you gave up a long punt return with a penalty added on that set up a Michigan touchdown um, or, a, yeah. you know, set up Michigan in, in, you know, deep in IU territory, I think around the 35 uh, and, and things like that. Those are the plays that you can't have 
um, if you're going to beat Maryland on Saturday. Those are it's like giving them free points. You cannot do that. Uh, you know, I use special teams. I, I thought they they did all right. Uh, Chris Freeman was back kicking off. He did okay on on kickoffs as well. I'd like to. I'd really like to see Jalen Lucas have more of a um, more of a chance to return kicks because I, I know Michigan was kind of sky kicking him. He had some room to do some stuff. It looked like, uh, yep. but they ended up fair catching it, which is fine. You get the ball at twenty five, but if your goal is to get Jalen Lucas some touches, that's an easy way to do it, um, and, and not really, hopefully, not expose him to hits like sending him across the middle on a passing route. So just, I think you're going to need a big play on special teams, whether it's a punt return, a block, uh block kick, block punt, or a kick return, you're going to need to win the special teams battle. Uh, and to me, that that's turnovers and special teams. If, if you win those two things, you're more than likely going to win the game. Let's get into yeah, – Fair way to put it. Yep. Yeah. Let's get into predictions, TJ. What's your prediction for Saturday? <sighs> you know, I, I really am attempting to convince myself that the change along the offensive line is going to do more for confidence and attitude than it does anything else. And I think that's very possible. Uh, however, I, I think Maryland's pretty good. Um, I, I think they should have beaten. Uh, beaten Purdue last week, uh, and there's there's reason for them to believe that they really gave gave that game against Michigan away. Uh, if you take away the early touchdown that they gave the Wolverines on a gift with a special teams miscue on the opening kickoff, uh, you know they they could make an argument that they're right there. Uh, I don't think that they're some great squad. I do think that IU is going to play well. Uh, certainly much better than what we saw against Nebraska or in the second half of the uh, Michigan game. That being said, I think Maryland does get the victory 34 to 27. Too many offensive injuries. I don't think Barner plays, uh, and I don't think Matthews is going to be healthy to be effective if he does play. Um, ultimately, not enough time for Rod Carey to, to you know, make enough of an impact on the offensive line. So I'll go Maryland 34 to 27, which would really put uh, – it, it would almost entirely end IU's bull hopes. They would have to to beat Rutgers, beat Michigan State, and beat Purdue or pull off a just shocking upset against Penn State or Ohio State. So obviously it's a huge game. I certainly hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way, TJ. I think this uh, the, the change in – offensive line um hopefully it reinvigorates the team and they play with that extra energy you saw what happened to nebraska after scott frost um somehow they got throttled by yeah. by oklahoma who's absolute garbage now um georgia tech, georgia tech you, you, yep georgia tech nebraska um arizona state wisconsin wisconsin i mean wisconsin, well, perhaps yeah. all those yeah, we'll see. We'll Could see be there. But it seems like every time these teams make a change, it kind of lights a fire underneath the team, I, which is why I asked Matt on Sunday if, the, if 
Tom Allen kind of held on to Hiller for an extra week because they had Michigan coming up. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a matchup opponent like Maryland. It wasn't, uh, you know, a, an easier opponent than Michigan. But maybe yeah. that plays into it, too. You had to do it now. If you're going to do it in season, you couldn't wait. Um, I think Indiana plays their best game. Uh, and I think that's enough to beat Maryland. They're going to, I use going to have to bring their own juice. It's fall break. I don't expect a huge student crowd. They've been fantastic all season. Um, but it's a bring your, bring your own juice game. Uh, and I, I think that, uh, you know, with Cam Camper back again, um, getting his feet underneath him and the secondary playing a little bit better. Uh, and I really liked how Bradley Jennings played in in um, in place of Cam Jones. I know it was Aaron Casey in place of Cam Jones, but Bradley Jennings mm-hmm. took the place there. He's played well. I think this is the game IU starts to put it all together. I'm going to take Indiana 31, Maryland 28 in a uh, in a close but important win uh, for the Hoosiers before they go on the road to play to play Rutgers. Maybe it's because everybody's outlook has changed since Darren Hiller has um, has been, was fired, but I think there's a renewed sense of urgency and sense of energy around this team that is going to you know pan itself out. Even last year, Indiana ran for 200 and something yards against Maryland. I don't know if they run for that this year, but it. it I think this is the game they put together their best game and get their feet underneath them. But you're right. If they lose this game, it probably means that's it for bowl eligibility. Uh, You do have three more chances uh, against Michigan state Rutgers and Purdue, not in that order, but um, you know, to, to make a change like that and then lose and flat on your face would be absolutely devastating. But I, I do think Indiana takes a step forward. I think they knock off Maryland this weekend and, and kind of shock people as a double-digit underdog. Uh, so that that's where I'm going with it. I'm going to be Mr. Positive today. It is almost fall break for school. So don't rain on my parade, um, as they Ugh. say. So as it starts to rain outside. No, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I see but, the path. I mean, you, you can see the pathway to that. I think it's possible for sure. Um, you know, and I, I certainly hope that, uh, what we end up seeing falls, falls right, right where you're saying. I mean, uh, this is a team that Indiana, you know, it was a lone, not a lone, but a offensive bright spot, uh, last year in, in the desert, really. And they were able to have a good day against Maryland's defense but could not stop Tagovailoa and, and his aerial attack. So, you know, we'll see. I think these teams know each other pretty well. Uh, I think the coaches know each other pretty well. And uh, I think it's going to be really, really fascinating to see how the Hoosiers respond to what was a, a week of change. And I'm sure kind of a reset button week for them. I'm sure it was kind of a look, guys, this is where we are after halfway through the season. This is what's in front of us. Now's the time to do it or not. And, yep. and we're hitting the reset button. Are we going to get it done? And Saturday's the chance to show that they can. So I, yeah. it's, it's certainly 
a game that um, I'm very interested to see how IU responds. I can exactly. say a lot about what we'll watch over the next, what, five, six weeks, how they come out on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think it will. And I think, you know, after losing a game like they did at Nebraska to come out and fight, I, I know it's kind of a moral victory, but to come out yeah. and with the injuries the and they put fought. the fight and be realistically, they should have had the lead against Michigan at halftime but they could have packed it in and yep. nobody would have blamed them uh, because you're missing your best defender. You're missing your top, two of your top three offensive players and your quarterbacks getting the, his brains beat in, in the backfield. And they came out, they, they gave a, you know, a hundred percent. There was all effort, their words it, again, to go back to last year, that's a game. Indiana probably loses 42, nothing or 41, three. Um, and things like that, especially with with the big play for Blake Corum early on, it's it could have been uh oh here yeah. we go again. But they recovered well. They they had a chance to you know take the lead. The referee stole it from them. You know five minutes at I you know what IU's got to stop showing the replays on the board if that's what's going to happen um, because that's why that play was called. Sorry fans, I know you like to see replays, but maybe you wait until after the extra point is kicked. Um, before yep. putting the replay yep. up there uh, and, and the referee going, oops, we, <laughs> forgot we're, we're a top five Michigan team. Indiana took the lead. We're just going to drop the flag here as they're about to get ready to snap the ball on the extra point uh, and, and things like that. So uh, I've never seen think, a flag that late. Never. Uh, there was one in an NFL game this uh, this weekend that was almost just as late. Um, I almost made a joke about it, but it was that was probably the latest flag I've ever seen. Um, but I think yeah. this, the whole Darren Hiller saga is over. I think that bad juju is going to leave IU, uh, hopefully for a week uh, or maybe more, and and they play inspired football because. At some point, you got to play your best game, and I don't think IU's played their best game yet. And Saturday is is the best time for that, and, and we'll yep. see because the offensive line was the missing link. And if they could, they don't have to be good, as long as you could be adequate, they'll be fine. I, I think they will be yep. fine. Um, and and we've said that for two years now. You don't have to be good; just be average. Just put your body in front of somebody else and prevent them from suplexing Connor Basilak in the backfield and you'll be okay. Um, For like two seconds. Yeah, two seconds. not even two seconds. Just get, It's like, it's like I tell my kindergartners when five of them come up to me and say, I have to go to the bathroom. Guys, just give me two seconds. Just give me two seconds and then we'll take care of it. Just two seconds. Give Connor Basilak two and a half seconds. And then you could slam him to the ground as after he throws a complete pass um, and, and things like that. So uh, anyway, it, it should be a, it should be a fun one. It has been a fun one against Maryland uh, here in, in the last five or six years. It's a team that always gives Tom Allen trouble as well on offense. It, it's just a very well-designed offense um, that's hard to defend. So I, I, I think you get IU's best game. It's your backs are up against the wall. They they know this is it. Um, you know for your chance 
to to get one or two more wins in, in the Big Ten because if you if you lose the next two, you're probably packing it in um, and, and things like that. And, and maybe people hit the transfer portal uh, and get out of there. But uh, you're you have everything. The bowl, bowl game still on the table. Your sense of urgency should go up. You just had a position coach fired, uh, and that should should light a fire under this team. Uh, TJ, thanks for joining us uh, on this Tuesday. Enjoy another weekend of college football. Uh, there are only 67 weekends left guaranteed uh, of regular season yeah. college football. It goes by too quick. Um, so come follow us on HoosierHuddle.com. We have all our pregame uh, and postgame analysis up there, uh, as well as stories on Rod Carey and, and the coaching change. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. And uh, we'll be with you up until Saturday uh, through the game and then after the game. So thanks again, TJ. Enjoy the rest of your week. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening.